Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. saying how it's still a six weeks i believe a six week counseling period mm-hmm. therapy sessions you go through like it's still a lot of work that they're going to yeah you before know, and after the yeah the it's, session yeah, yeah so exposure therapy is still like very tough things that they're that they're having to go through themselves they're, they're putting in the work they're not just taking a, some mdma <laughs> sitting back and say i'm good i'm good baby you know like it's it, it's still work it's still work that we have to or that they have to go to we have to go yeah. through and it's it's both on our a responsibility to make sure that we get that out there, that there's still things that you have to do yourself, like all things. And that was Devin Phillips. I reached out to Devin on LinkedIn. And in this episode, we really, yes, we talk about psychedelics. Yes, we talk about language. But really, I think ultimately what we talk about here is something I guess I've said a lot too and has always been my main focus since my mid-20s is that if you better yourself you better the world right the best way to change the world is to work on yourself and ultimately that's what we talked about introspection and just working on one's own individuality so enjoy this episode I love y'all and I will be talking to you soon all right peace All right, yeah. Devin Phillips, right. I'm already recording, bro. Let's just uh, nice. Nice. let's just uh, hop into it, dude. I have been jonesing. Yeah, of course, I've been jonesing to do a podcast like this. I have been. I think I might have shared with you when we first started, where we first talked. I was kind of like stepping off away from it. Didn't voice my opinions on psychedelics. Trying to maybe. I think it was a lot had to do with trying to get work with behavioral health companies. Yeah. And they're so in the safe zone and all that jazz. And but since then, I had actually, I think it might've been after I talked to you. I don't know if it was, I mean, my girlfriend and I, we tripped, that was the first time I tripped in, I don't know, six, seven years, maybe. Really? It's been a while, but just, yeah, what an experience, man. So anyway, I want to get into that, but throw down yeah, your, throw down your usual, you know, your usual spiel and, uh, We'll, we'll go from there because, man, I got so much I want to chat about. I know. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm Devin Phillips. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a son. I'm a cousin. I'm a best friend. But as far as career passions go, uh, psychedelic health, uh, backgrounds in behavioral neuroscience. I'm currently going back to school right now to get another degree in human-centered design and innovation. I'm a lover of all things culture, music, philosophy. Uh, I jump out of airplanes every now and then. I got some free time. And man, I, I just love people. I love connectivity. I love storytelling. I love all the things that bring us together. Uh, I don't love suffering, but I love the story of suffering. And yeah, I mean, that's really what brought me to psychedelics. Uh, half my own experiences, but also half seen within the industry what it's done for people, both on a cultural standpoint of, you know, so, you know, bringing a passage in some in the tribes and also in a clinical standpoint of what we're doing with PTSD and uh, treatment resistant depression and things like that. So I'm a little bit of all things. Mostly a nerd uh, and mostly <laughs> someone who knows I'll be the dumbest person in the room and listen.
Yeah. Oh, same here, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I described you as, as I was kind of talking. I haven't done a podcast for probably, I've been, COVID got me ahead of the game, man. So it's, well, it was even yeah. probably two weeks before we chatted. It was probably the last time we really? recorded a podcast, but I was telling people, I was like, this dude's like me if I was more educated and more intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, I, I, it's taken me getting punched in the gut to learn what I learned, but I still have a long way to go, but I appreciate that. If I no. could be anything like you, man, I'm doing something right. Well, you know what, dude? I realized too, it's like, I lo- I'm so driven. I'm not driven by money. I am driven by knowledge. Like I love learning. And then people always throw that, well, you can't learn everything, man. But I was like, I know. And I understand that, but it's the process of it. Exactly. That is such exactly. a blast. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. And once you can, you know, and psychedelics helps us, but multiple things helps us. Once you can get past the ego of not feeling like you need to learn anything and the fact that you can learn something from everybody, everyone's a teacher, it just becomes fun. It, it becomes fun when you can engage everyone from a very personal way to learn because you build, whether it's a relationship, a business partner, or just a good 10 minute moment, you know, once those compound to what a good life is. So I, I totally agree. You know, being able to want to learn and the ability to try and learn makes life so much better. Yes, it does. It makes it, uh, I think it gives life meaning. 100%. Which is, uh, I mean, I've, I've tried chasing happiness for too long. So chasing meaning <laughs> turned out a little better for me thus far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chasing happiness turns into a lot of uh, heartbreak. You know, I think, I think we all kind of find it out at some point yeah it's elusive i always say it's like you have it then it's gone you have it then it's gone exactly. you have it then it's gone exactly but so yeah you got a you got a background in cognitive behavioral science correct yes yes all right well let's, so let's start let's start there scientist sorry neuroscience yes sorry okay um get it mixed so yeah so i i um what i tell people is i'm the king of college i've been to four different colleges all <laughs> for different reasons i went to texas or i went to university of florida at first had too much fun there UF, so yeah, it sounds, I, sounds like a, yeah. So I, so I was time. like, you know what? I should probably leave and get my degree. So I went back to my hometown, Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas, and dropped out there because in 2016, me and a few buddies, we started a software company. We specialize in virtual reality merchandising software for car dealerships, so you could shop for vehicles and virtual reality. More of a 360. I, I it's virtual reality, but it's not all the big shebang. You know, it's more just a 360 view. I, I like to define that. And in 2017, that that company got acquired. So went from just me to, you know, 24 people in our building and had to drop out to run that. So during that time, I had like a finance background. But now I went to CU Boulder, did my cognitive or behavioral cognitive neuroscience and then CU in general, CU Boulder, CU Dinner, it's an inner campus. I moved down here okay. and now I'm tacking on my human-centered design and innovation degree uh, to kind of do a, a mix and kind of make some fun products. And really well, I tell people too, although the human-centered classes are amazing, I'm really doing it for just the people who are in those classes, uh, talking to this all because it's all different disciplines, all people who really want to help have some really cool ideas. So that's that's what I tell people about college. It's the experience and the conversations and the people you meet within there. Of course, it's experience when you're and I'm older, you know, I'm 26. You know, I'm not trying to go to any frat parties or, you know, <laughs> do you know, college night or anything, right? So I'm like, I'm strictly like, I'm, I'm more homies with my professors than I am with like most mm-hmm. students at my school because I'm staying to class, you know, I'm, you know, I'm telling them about the projects that I'm working on and stuff. Yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm back, I'm back in the college grind. I did, a, I'm in the middle of a May semester right now. It's kind of kicking my butt, <laughs> you know, writing papers. And it's just a different grind. You know, I'm used to the entrepreneurship grind of, uh, always being proactive and moving forward and not knowing it at all, but still moving forward with it. And you go back to the school grind, which is totally opposite. Like you don't, entrepreneurship grind is like, no, about 70%. Are you 70% sure? Move forward, 
right? School was like, no, like I'm not going to stop at 70%. So it's more reactive, right? It's more, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say stand still, but just not as fast paced, but yet still mentally tough at times. But that's kind of been my life right now. I'm actually, I'm also with my family. I just dropped a children's mindful product. Um, awesome. The words, the affirmation building block product, plus uh, there'll be, there'll be a, a mindful breathing app that comes with it. My aunt, she's a child specialist. She's brilliant. She's been in this for like 20, 25 years. So she, we're building this uh, breath work, exercising and figure eight breath work and uh, this words affirmation building, again, products for children. So I'll be releasing here in hopefully mid-July. Awesome. So that's kind of been, you know, kind of like we, we talked earlier, I'm kind of all over the place, all in the same kind of <laughs> spectrum of mindfulness, you know, anything to do with the, the brain and health. But uh, yeah, that's kind of been my life for the last month or two. Yeah, just connecting with people and working with other people who have different ideas than you that are also trying to connect and help with people is it's a blast, man. It really yeah. is. Whether it's in the mental health world, whether it's just in the mindfulness, whatever, wherever it is, it's just something about coming together with other people and like teaming up. Is that, um, at the end of the day, I mean, people as crazy as we are, people are always worth it. There's no, there's not a question about it. I mean, I am thankful that I'm from West Texas and I am from a very conservative place although I don't share the same values. And then, I'll, and then I moved to a very liberal place in Boulder mm-hmm. because I was able to see the wide spectrum of differences and they're all the same. You know, they're, they're, people are just, they're crazy on both sides, but they're also crazy loving on both sides. And you gotta get through the weed works of these crazy details that they are just very abstract and very subjective that they found themselves to believe in, but it's mostly from a sense of where they feel their purposes is why they believe X and Y, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a purpose crisis. You know, if it's someone's racist or someone's whatever is, is usually an internal purpose crisis or the fear of death or the fear of not being, you know, living in fulfillment uh, when the time comes. So I've been able to see that at the core of all humans, I mean, you have your outliers, you know, have some people that you might just not get through, but at the core of things, like most people are all worth it. And most people we can talk to and you don't have to, you know, agree fully. And even the things that you disagree with heavy, there's a story behind it. I think Abraham Lincoln said, um, I think it was like, he said, I would never judge a person for he is who I would be in his perception or his shoes or whatever. Just saying that I can't blame someone for being them because I'd be that exact same person if I had their friends, if I had their mom, if I had their dad, if I had their neighbors, if I had their school. You know? exactly. Yeah, so you had the exact same experiences as somebody. Exactly. You, had, you would be in exactly. a position to make a different choice, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I can't, so I, my goal now when I talk to people is find out about that family, about that school, about those neighbors, about those friends and see that common denominator I can find and say, hey, why do you believe in this? So this is why I believe in this. And I'm not trying to change anybody, but I'm trying to shift people. And if you can shift somebody, you know, those compounding effects and shifts are what actually makes a movement, not at a 180, mm-hmm. you know, you shift them 10 degrees, 15 degrees, and then eventually, hopefully, we'll get somewhere, you know, you won't be in the middle. Yeah, well, I think so much of that too, like people have to find stuff out on their own, have to come to their own conclusions, have to come to their own decisions. Anytime you try to force something on somebody, whether it's 100% like fact that you know you're right or whatever it is, like forcing it onto somebody never works. And I think that's a huge yeah. point you have there. 100%. I forgot who, I read it somewhere, but it was essentially saying that every time you have a person restate their point, they believe it even more. Hmm. Right. So if you get emotional and you try to change your mind, which usually becomes an emotional conversation, every time they have to state their fact again, they're going to believe it like even more. So I try to 
divert that as much as possible by let them say what they believe in once if I disagree with it. And then just work around because the more I get to emotional, the more once anyone can't control their breath, the conversation's over. <laughs> you know, that's just that. You know, you might as well just say, all right, let's just talk about sports. Or let's just talk about oh, something that I know that sports could I even could, cause it. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me talk about what you ate this morning. It's something born to bring the you weather. back over here because yeah, right. Let me let me do something born real quick to bring you back. But yeah, I mean that's it's been again, it's been a blessing to be be able to see both sides of what sex is and decide over here and just meeting a lot of different people and a lot of smart people and people are just smart and people are just like it's so crazy how awesome people are and we because you know how the social media works and how the business works i mean we're we're we are shown things that make us emotional for the clicks and for the attention but if you take a step back and you see what individual regular people are doing i'm only talking about people who are making amazing companies i'm talking about your regular mm-hmm. person down the street who's working in a nonprofit or who is has a garden in their backyard they tend to like it's even small things it's, it blows my mind and it, it is it's, so you can like step back and really to see people and what they're doing in their everyday lives because we understand how much people struggle when you see the little things they do to kind of get past that struggle get get past that suffering it blows my mind i mean i yeah. I, I am one of the biggest fans of all people i'm, I'm a fangirl when it comes to <laughs> regular strangers I see down the street, man, I mean, we're, we're incredible. It is. Well, I love too. I'm always about like when I connect with people and I find out what their passion are, whether it's, you know, like my one buddy is loves tagging, man, spray painting, like that whole subculture and doing artwork yeah. on trains and buildings or whatever. And even though it's technically a felony most of the time, but anyway, but that's whole subculture. He loves it. And he's all about when I hear him talk about it, I get excited too. You know, I got another buddy who's into jujitsu and when he's passionate about it, like I would never just sit down and start looking up, you know, subculture of tagging. But to hear somebody, it's just it's awesome when you do. You're running people oh, who have yeah. this intelligence when, of so many things you have no didn't even know existed. Yeah. When, when people are experts in something you, you never heard of and you see like them light up talking about their experts in like Hello Kitty culture and <laughs> Asia and they just go on for an hour. It's like, wow, this is this is the fact that this makes you so happy and you're, and you're just so in depth with it. It's just amazing because again, we know how hard discipline is, you know, how hard concentration is. We know how hard it is just to be happy sometimes. So like, tell me, I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. You know, I'll sit down and listen. You can tell me, especially when it comes to art too, I can, I am yeah. the most I can I can mess up a stick figure. So <laughs> when someone can draw anything, I'm blown away. Yes, I'm right there with you, man. It, it's uh, it's a great time to find great people who are happy about anything that they do. That's not hurting others, obviously. I'm not gonna clap for you for like, man. I really, I really love people. beating up seven year old kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I might have to pause there, but yeah, man. It's it's good. It's good. It is. Yeah. It, I guess before we kind of like hop into the whole psychedelic uh, realm, I wanted to, I'm glad we kind of started where we did because I always make that like, there's this, people take, get a hold of stuff, right? All the time and ruin it and manipulate it and make it look this way or make it look that way. I mean, it happens in everything, everything, even spirituality, meditation. I mean, just all that stuff, people take it and ruin it. And so I'm glad like we kind of got this it is all about helping people. It's all about connecting with people, whether their beliefs are 100%. different than yours or not. And we're not here to talk about putting LSD into the water system and force <laughs> everybody to trip, right? Like this is just another tool along with mindfulness, along with therapy, along with psychologists exactly. and all that to exactly. help you improve that's, yourself. Yeah, that, that's what I tell people. When they did try to put LSD in water uh, in the <laughs> 50s, so there's that. 
But um, there yeah, is that's what I try yes. to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yeah, they, they, they did some, but this is more the FBI and your good old American government. So, you know. That's another podcast for another time. <laughs> take that as you take that as you will. But yeah, that's why I tell people. It's like psychedelics aren't the final answer. It's not the end all be all. You can get there with breath work. You can get there in meditation. Uh, you can get there probably other ways, but it is the fastest way. Of course, I'd rather you meditate for an hour a day, right? <laughs> but with a single mom with three kids who works two jobs, is going to be able to meditate for an hour a day and then make dinner and get their kids ready for school and then get ready for work. And if you can get the same results in a faster manner and be responsible with it, of course, I'm going to preach that. And of course, I'm going to say how that can help. Also, and then I'm not even getting to the health benefits. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a ton of health benefits, Rob, but strictly from a recreational use of just regular people, uh, you, it's integration, right? You get what you put into it. You know, there's mm-hmm. no magic pill in this world, sadly. There's no soma. There's no thing that just like makes everything better. Yeah, you do you think put the work in. Devin, do you think that's um like a, a big issue is that we're such in a society that wants just that instant fix. We want to take a pill and our depression go away. We want to take a pill and be happy again and not want to actually do the work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's so Cornell West is someone I look up to a lot. He says that's one of the, the biggest flaws that's come on of our nation now. It's like it's the instant gratification of all mm. things. And he ties it to big corporations and our buying habits now, like because we can get instant gratification on buying and dopamine releases and what we see on Instagram, what we see on social media, it translates into our actual just happiness too. We need it throughout our whole lives. We need instant gratification of love. We need instant gratification of friends. We need instant gratification of all things. If I can buy a yacht online for $20 million in three seconds, made by the top engineers in the world, why can I not be happy in three seconds? Mm. You know, that doesn't really truly make sense, but in our mind it should now because like, hey, this thing's incredible and hard. I should get everything like this also. And yeah, it hurts. It hurts because I mean, things just take investments, all things, all things that matter take investments. I mean, good friendships take investments, you know, good family relationships take investments. I mean, good, you know, relationships with your significant other takes investments and investing just like in financial investing is a skill. You know, we're all not just born with knowing how to invest. It's how discipline is a skill. Like you have to learn how to cultivate things. You have to learn how to cultivate your soul, cultivate your mind, cultivate love, ask hard questions, be open, be emotional. Loving is a skill, you know? So when you have this fast paced instant one of everything, you're not cultivating anything. Therefore, you will get what you put in. So you want a fast love, get a fast love back. And you don't, and you don't wonder why you feel empty. Mm. You know, you wonder at the end of the day why you feel like this is, whole and you'll have no idea why because your perception of deep love is a shallow love but you know no different you don't know how to deepen that love you never practice you never invested so i think yeah that's uh that is one of the main things that and then big business doesn't help i mean again you you farm you go to the opiate like they're passing out xanax like candy or not xanax oxys like candy xanax too yeah shit well xanax too (laughs) yeah but they're really saying yeah this will help pretty much everything you know Mm. and if it's not working take more and that's just a terrible, if you're a true physician and you're not asking, how's your diet? How's your sleep? How's your relationship with friends? How's your work? You're not a true physician. You're not really helping health. It's still the instant. Now I'm not bashing all doctors and stuff. Of course, like there were some doctors who are really trustworthy in the sciences and they say, hey, this helps. They believe it helps. So I'm not saying all doctors are bad. What I am saying is if you are truly invested in someone's health, you're going to worry about the outside factors because outside factors will really probably make your health for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, your stress levels, again, your relationships, like how much do you laugh today? How when was the last time you cried? 
Like how much sleep are you getting? What are you eating? How much greens are you eating? You know, like these are really big things that are going to affect your health. And of course you can take a pill, but that pill is not going to solve it. It's just going to, if anything, just force it down. And then you're just going to be numb. And then I know, I mean, I'm sure you probably know people too. I know people who are severely depressed, but they don't take their SSRIs because they rather just feel something. They rather feel, they rather feel depressed than nothing. That's so funny. You say that. I, I cannot remember the name of this movie. Probably a decade ago, I watched it on Netflix and it was this society where nobody felt pain or suffering anymore. And the mm. drug dealers, check this out. The drug dealers in this movie sold pills to make you feel physical and emotional pain. Like how wow. trippy is that, man? And I remember thinking like, yeah. what the hell? And it's like, yeah, you'd rather feel something. And I found myself in that spot, right? In my life where I would just rather sit in the shit and feel yeah. this pain and then nothing anymore because yeah. that was my thing, man. I had a divorce, felt depressed, felt like a failure, felt like I failed my kids, my family, got hurt my back, got prescribed pain pills. I did not feel that way anymore. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no, it's like my favorite fiction book, Brave New World by Alex Huxley. Mm. I mean, is he in that, that Soma reference, that Soma pill was, you know, the, the savage, he, he killed himself because at first we thought it was like a perfect world. No one was feeling any suffering. Like no one was feeling anything. It was just like this false like this fake joy of this pleasure it was pleasure all the time it was yeah it was like literally everyone could sleep with everyone at all times it was just it was just crazy you know carl young you know the, the depths and come with the highs like they're all together it's not one or the other you know it's like the shadows come with the body you have to have the two you can't just have one without the other and again i'm not promoting everyone go suffer i want to go force some suffering in your life to be happy but it's like it's not a giver it's not like one or the other they, they both come it's yin yang on this whole situation and yes those when it comes back to psychedelics there is multiple stigmas that you have to get across because one is just the drug stigma Mm-hmm. So you have to get it. I mean, we, and that's why, you know, call, I stop calling acid acid. Usually I try LSD. Um, same thing with mushrooms. I try psilocybin just because simple verbiage. It all depends on I talk to you too. People who are obviously understanding. Yeah. But when I'm in West Texas, yeah, a lot of people think psilocybin, they can't even spell it. You know, it took a while for me to spell it. You know, and you only know what's going on. So it's easier to kind of get in the conversation with. So when I start talking about soldiers and PTSD in West Texas. And so, yeah, so the, the drug stigma, stigma is something I get across, but also the usage stigma, because there are people on both realms of the side on both the people who are for psychedelics and against psychedelics who think is being, because companies are also kind of promoting this too. There, are, there is some fault on our side. I say, oh, I'm not in them, but that is just a, like a, it's a solve everything pill. It's um, mm-hmm. they'll take this once and see a shaman and you're done, or, you know, just go in your room and microdose every other day. And, you know, it's completely fine, but they're not really reading the stories that people are putting. If you go and see these, these soldier stories at PTSD and microdose, you also see that they're doing breath work. You also see that they're doing meditation. You also see that they are still going to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. They're still doing a lot of things themselves that would probably help even if they weren't taking psychedelics, but the psychedelics are just opening up from a emotional or soulful or mind standpoint that's propelling them even further than yeah. they would without it. And that's just something that we have to make sure that's clear. It's like, even with the maps, you know, they're making huge waves. I mean, MDMA treatment is probably going to be legalized by 2023, which is amazing. Yeah. And for the people who f- don't know who maps is, that's multidisciplinary association, association for psychedelic psychedelics studies. There you yeah, go. They, they've been around like since the, the 80s, correct? Yeah, they've been around for a while. Rick Doblin's a OG. Like this man mm-hmm. has been going at it for a long time. And they're they're nonprofit. So they have a for-profit arm, uh, MAPS Corp. But their for-profit arm is umbrellaed by their nonprofit. Okay. So Rick's the only shareholder. It's a beautiful setup. That's it's awesome, a beautiful yeah. setup. It's how, it's how I personally believe it should be. It's strictly for helping people. And 
even with their PTSD studies with MDMA, which are really incredible, people are focusing on it. They're solving PTSD with Molly, but they're not saying how it's still a six weeks, I believe, a six week counseling period mm-hmm. therapy sessions you go through like it's still a lot of work that they're going to yeah you know, before and after the yeah it's, session yeah, yeah so exposure therapy is still like very tough things that they're that they're having to go through themselves they're they're putting in the work they're not just taking a, some mdma <laughs> sitting back and say i'm good i'm good baby and, you know like it's it, it's still work it's still work that we have to or that they have to go to we have to go yeah. through and it's it's both on our a responsibility to make sure that we get that out there that there's still things that you have to do yourself like all things you know this is not just i wish i wish <laughs> you know i wish it, there was a pill that we got there maybe one day in a thousand years five years or whatever there is something that just totally helps us jump start immediately but until then i think the best we have is psychedelics meditation breath work you know reading writing yep uh, yeah those, those things personally have saved my life. And I say, say my life, I wasn't suicidal, but a life empty is not a life at all. And those things have given me fulfillment and kind of being able to tell a story, you know, my story, or just having thoughts, my head and emotions, get on, getting pen and paper, getting it out has really helped align myself of just, you know, how, my, how I'm feeling, putting the words, yeah. you know, if I don't have anyone to talk to, I'm talking to myself, but instead of my <laughs> head, that's the worst place you can go to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your, head, your head therapist. Yeah. Your head therapist is not good for you, but that paper <laughs> therapist is great for you. So that's, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. Put that, put that a uh, paper therapist to work. I do, man. I, well, I have this, uh, this totally made up non-scientific experiment of everybody I've talked to in my life that is like better at being alone talks out loud to themselves. I've never met somebody mm-hmm. who's okay and chill and cool with being alone a lot that yeah. don't talk out loud to themselves. So they're always stuck up here, right? And it's yeah. funny, Christine, my girlfriend, my significant other of, I don't know, seven and a half years now, she was just like, I don't even respond anymore because I don't even know if you're talking to me. So, <laughs> but it's just such a, it is like, yeah, even talking out loud to yourself is different than just thinking, right? Yeah, for sure. Because at least when you talk, because we all have, a, we're all a little bit skits in our head we don't think in full paragraphs mm-hmm. we just dot 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 you know over here over here about what i got to do today should i cook lunch what should i cook for lunch what's my dog doing you know what would happen if i jumped from this balcony there's crazy things right <laughs> what if crazy... i just punched this lady in the face yeah there's crazy things that don't, like you wouldn't do it doesn't even make sense but when you talk out loud you, you physically can't do that unless you're just like talking really really fast right mm-hmm. so talking out loud does help because you can't be as this crazy with it and all over the place and you can't say those crazy things too if you're around or someone around people right you have a roommate around and stuff you can't be like wonder if me and my dog jumped in this empty pool outside for the fourth floor <laughs> but i break my leg you know those things are like why why am i even thinking that but yeah talking out loud definitely helps that you gotta get out that mind that mind's a prison mm-hmm. that mind is a prison it's the worst best thing that we've ever been given it is. I think Ernest Becker, I probably shared this with you too, because I love this line. Ernest Becker says we're gods with anuses, that we have this we have this power <laughs> to contemplate that. the past and prepare for the future, but yet we know we're going to die. And I yeah, absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, is that death, man? Is that death that uh, psychedelics really helped me deal with? Because, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. I, so I'm, I'm half black, half Mexican. I'm on Mexican side. My grandpa was a deacon, so grew up catholic on that side and my, my dad was in prison most of my life but my dad's side still huge christians and my you know parents my mom's christian so i grew up christian for the most part but thankfully my mom's the most incredible woman in the world and she never really forced anything on me she was always like hey you know faith is finding something so i want you to mm. find something i like, don't just 
be Christian because we're Christian. Like you go in. And so I, I had like my atheist stage. I was reading a lot of Sam Harris. I was like 19, you know, I was reading a lot of Dawkins and that's great. This, yes, this, I uh, had my like science is everything, you know, God's not real. Like you end up doing know, the I, same thing, right. For science that people do for Christianity that you hate and despise. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You're the same thing. Just the other side of the coin. And I got, it's like my nihilism stage where a lot of Nietzsche and just like it's nihilistic. And you know, so that lasts like a year and a half, but I was in a really dark place just because I, that's when I really started getting the psychedelics also. And I had my first ego death where I really thought I died. For those who don't know, ego deaths is when you think you really, you're tripping and you die. You think you really die from what is your ego is what killed you. So I, I die and I see like the gates of hell. No, I don't really see hell, but like, I am so terrified because with religion, you have this safety net of like heaven, right? But I was just in a stage where I didn't have religion anymore. So I had this safety net ripped down me to where it was like, there was nothing. You know, there's no, there's no heaven, there's no afterlife, there's no nothing. And I'm just very nihilistic and, and just whatever. And I want to say hardcore atheist. I wasn't disproving to other people. I wouldn't purposely go, but it was just me, like me personally. I was like, there's no God. And man, that trip showed me God. Hmm. That trip showed me that, and it sounds so, it only sounds egotistical because most people who believe in their God, their God has an ego, but it showed me that I'm God. And show me that you're God and show me that like, we are all God. God is simply love. That's all God is. It's creation. It's not this all knowing being that knows what you're going to do tomorrow, knows what you did in the past and, you know, has to forgive you for things that he already knew that you did for some reason. And with that, it just opened me up to being even more loving. I mean, I started reading the Bible. I started reading the Quran. I started reading Buddhist teachings. I started reading, I wanted to read it all to see like, is this feeling true? And it, the core, um, Things I found from all of that are overlapping is this principle of love. Buddha is a little bit different, but still no, but it's still no. But the principle of love from a creator into us, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the passage I believe the most in the Bible. I mean, I, I believe the Bible is a great fictional book. I believe it's beautiful. The symbolism in it is, is you know, there's stuff there like whatever, but there's fictional books that we read are crazy too. So, you know, I, don't t- you know, I mean, it's arguably it, the greatest story ever told. It's yeah. been around oh, for yeah. an unbelievable yeah. amount of time. Oh yeah, it's the most sold yeah. copies of all anything, right? And and then, but you know, God is love. Like anything that is love is God. When you love your mom, that's God. When you love your girlfriend, that's God. When you love your best friend, that's God. Like that, that love is God. You know, like that's that's what we are. We're we are imprinted in the creator of the universe. Like we are the stars. We are the water. You know, we are this, this wood above me. You know, this computer by me. Like we are creation. There is nothing that is not us. There is nothing out there that we are not. You know, so it's just like once I got that. And once I understood that, like, love is the answer, I don't care what you call it. You can call it Yahweh, you can call it Jesus, you can call it Muhammad, you can call it whoever you want to call, whatever the, the disciple or whoever it is. As long as you're not using it in a way to bring others down, that's when I will step in and be more of an educational piece. Like, all right, prove that this happened to me. But as long as you are, again, my mom is a Christian, but she's the best Christian ever. She has gay friends, trans friends. She's a loving person, never judges a single soul because of how we grew up, like super mm-hmm. you know, poor. And so, so we knew don't judge anybody. So like, that's perfect. I'm never going to try to disprove something like that. I'm never going to say, hey, look, your God isn't real. Why don't I do that? <laughs> Shut up. You know, like, yeah, because also I know what it feels like to have some people need religion. Some people need that booster to like some people wouldn't fully love their neighbor if they didn't think that they would be rewarded for it, which kind of sucks. But still, if that's the difference between you loving your neighbor and you not loving your neighbor, go for it. 
I am perfectly okay with it. Actually, I'd rather have that. And psychedelics really taught me that. And every time I tripped and had something like that, it showed me more and more of like, you know, again, I go back to Cornell West. He has this brilliant lecture over paideia, what these Greeks coined paideia. is like the maturing of the soul and the cultivating of the self-critical self of going inward. Because the one thing that we all share through the variety of life is our humanity and our humanity lives inward. So like the more you can go truly inward, the more you're actually going outward. And more I can see more of my humanity, if that's our one common denominator between all, the more closer I get to you, the more closer I get to a stranger down the street. And we have it backwards. We try to go outward immediately. You know, it shall be flashy, it shall be influencer, but we are not good in- inward. So when we get to that point, when you have maybe 100,000 followers or whatever, you don't really know how to connect to a person though, because you never even connect to yourself. You, know, you never really, really dive down to yourself. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It takes investment. It takes learning how to even do that. You know, it takes falling and getting back up. And would I have gotten it other ways? Yeah, but psychedelics is what showed me. LSE is what showed me, you know. And some of my worst, I say worst trips because they're terrifying. We're the most growth. And a lot of people say that. You know, there's no bad trips. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's no bad trips. There's terrifying trips. There's trips that you yes. can't wait until they're over. <laughs> you know, there's trips you're like, yep. Jesus, please. It has been, I thought, 24 hours. And it's only been like four hours. But It's been five minutes, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Am I ever going to get out of this? But when you're done, you're like, I needed to hear that. You know, mm-hmm. like I needed to, I needed to, and I've, I've had like two or three EO deaths and I needed to die. Cause one time I was at a music festival when I was younger, I did this. I never do this. I don't do this anymore. I don't take acid at music festivals, but. No, I remember we shared those, that war story. I think I had, yeah, I did that once yeah, too, yeah. never again. Yeah. And I, I died. I thought I got shot. And while I'm walking and I'm walking in this little lit up area and I'm pretty much having my walk with death. And like acceptance, so like, okay, this is it. I'm truly accepting about to die. And what I realized while I'm doing this, I'm like crying, but I'm crying because how much I'm gonna miss my mom, how much I'm gonna miss my best friends, how much I'm gonna miss like my dog, you know, how much I'm gonna miss like the people in my life and the love of my life. And I wasn't at all actually afraid of death itself. I like death itself, we die every night when we go to sleep. It's the same, it's the same event, you know? And then when I was done tripping, I realized I was tripping. I realized like, man, I am not at, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, oh, here's I forgot a about that. This is real. <laughs> this is real life. Whoa. I was like, man, I am not afraid of death at all. I'm afraid at not being able to love others. Mm. That's where I'm afraid That's of powerful, death. man. You know, like, that's where I'm afraid of death. And that was, it, it was like the first time I was like, wow, that, but, and that's where everyone's insecurities come from. That's where everyone's fear and illogical thoughts is that fear of like the end. And then that's where my only kind of ish problem with religion is it never really will allow you to face death at a young age because they, they just throw it off. Like, yeah, you go to heaven. You're good. You're good. So you Don't never really face it. it. Yeah. You never really face it. And that's the beauty of it. It's like when you face death, like Plato, like philosophy is learning how to die. And when you face death, you learn how to live. You know, it's, 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 um, it seems it's counterintuitive almost. It does. Yeah. It does. Right. It's like, cause you, you know, I say learn how to die. I don't say focus on death. I don't say like every single day I'm like, we're all going to die, you know, but I do something that's, you know, that's focusing. That's, that's more like a manifestation. I'll do that. But is this learning what death is, you know, and it's like yeah. the whole concept of going inward to go outward. You can't learn what life is about learning what death is, you know, what, what makes life. And the easiest way to understand what makes life is what would suck to be taken away in life. Hmm. <laughs> that's a real quick lesson. You know, what would suck that you have in life if you got taken away? And that's what death is. And then you learn, man. So I tell my friends, I love them a lot more. I tell my mom, I love her a lot more. I tell, you know, there's no one, I, it, it's not, there's no awkwardness about it, mm-hmm. man. Like, I love you. 
we met twice. Love you too, brother. We amazing, yeah, we have amazing connection, amazing conversation. Like, I don't have to know you, but I know just how you are. And it's just, you're just me. You're an extension of me. I'm an extension of you. You know, we have we have struggles that we go mm-hmm. through. And we have things that we're trying to figure out. But it's like, it's just so awesome to be able to connect that way. And again, I, we all bring it back to psychedelics. It just helped me. It's the reason I got there. And I would rather have everyone have that experience than not. And if that means I have to be, you know, labeled as someone who loves drugs or whatever, I find I'll go in any conversation. I'm from West Texas. I'm from the most conservative place <laughs> almost in America. I know how I to would talk say to you anybody. are. Yes. Yeah, I know how my my current city love them, but not their actions. They're trying to kick out Planned Parenthood for the second time. Yeah, that's how that's how conservative this place is. You know, we had a mayor election the other year, and it was who was the most conservative? Like it was it was a Republican versus Republican. It was like, who was more Republican? It's like, I own seven guns. Well, I own 13 guns. You know, it's like, eh, but still amazing people. But what, what I'm saying is I am from the place where it's the most conservative, weeds the devil, like, all, and I can talk to them fine. So like, believe me, as long as you get me in the room, I don't care what you think of me before I'm in the room, we're going to find some type of common mm-hmm. denominator between us, something that we both love and both enjoy and both want to help. And I will show you some way that whatever I'm doing, you know, psychedelic health or psychedelics in general and breathwork meditation will help you or those you love or something you care about in a way like you've never seen before. And then it's up to you. If I give you information, if you really care about the troops and I give you information that there's a there's a therapy out there that is 60, 70% better than anything out there. And when we solve PTSDs, that's just not that's not just making someone healthy. That's giving the father back, that's giving the son back, mm. that's giving the husband back, that's giving the wife back. If I can tell you that we can help six out of 10 more people, seven out of 10 more people per uh, session. And I give you that information and you go back and you say, well, I still don't want that. Well, that's a personal problem. That's way deeper than you want to help people. So then you have to decide as a person, it's like, does my ignorance on substances outweigh my wanting to help what I care about? And that's the only question you can answer. But as long as I can give people that decision, I giving people the benefit of doubt believe that more people will make the decision of man look i i rather help people it might still, still not be for me yep you know but i rather and as a kid my mom is microdosing now which is That's amazing crazy. yeah my mom is the most scaredy cat which is not a bad thing my mom's never done drugs she's never smoked weed she when she goes out and drink my mom does the same thing every single time she gets a water a rum and coke no no she gets a rum and coke a water rum and coke in a water and she's done whether we are celebrating or we're in mexico for vacation mm-hmm. or whatever it's the same thing she doesn't get drunk she doesn't do anything so me just knowing how i am she knows that anything i say i do insane research about i'm just compulsive and obsessive about that so she finds like yeah let me do it now she loves it she's like now she's never done more than 0.1 you know she's never done a full trip or yeah, anything, yeah. which is fine you know like i'm okay with that like yeah, you, and that's another thing too, right? You don't need to take uh, like seven grams of mushrooms yeah. to feel and yeah. to get a benefit from it. Yeah, and some people, you'll be surprised. Some people in our community think like it's like if you're not taking three, five grams, you're, not, you're, not you're really disrespecting. You're disrespecting the culture. You're disrespecting the people. You're, you're using it as, and this is like the capitalistic standpoint. If you're microdosing for work, you're using it as to be a better cog in the machine. It's you know? cheating. You're like you're using it to produce. This is for to get out of the machine. You're using it to be better than the machine. I say, look. While they're pounding caffeine all day. Yeah, right. And it's like, look, I started microdosing because I was addicted to Adderall. That's right. I remember you shared that with me. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to get Adderall, and I kind of switched it off 
but no one's stronger than a mushroom. Like if you eventually, if you started to get better at work, you're going to get more curious. Like, well, I wonder what 0.2 feels like. I wonder what 0.5 feels like. I wonder what one gram feels like. And then you're going to eventually take it and then boom, your whole, your whole mindset on work changes. Like, I don't care how you get there. As long as you get there, you use it for work, use it for work. If you use it for taking care of kids, do, I do not care. Like as long as you get there somehow, as long as you experience it, I'm perfectly fine. And I'd rather you not take three grams and not be in the right place and it scare you off and you never do it again. And yeah. it gives you a bad headspace. Like I'd rather you start slow. If you only take 0.2 for six years great like it's not a, con- it's not a race you know mm-hmm. I, i'm not having a, a list of everyone i was able to take three grams you know just crossing off you know like i i just want you to be able to enjoy the present moment enjoy conversations you have with family and friends and if that's you taking 0.2 or taking three grams by all mm-hmm. means go for it you know just be responsible be happy and uh again i'd rather you take that in adderall yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, which we kind of touch on, it's all about the, the set setting, who you're with and using psychedelics along with other tools is extremely yeah. important. Extremely important. And yeah. And I know if anyone who listen, they listen to any psychedelic person set and settings, like drill down, but it, it's so important. It, it's everything. It's, you can't overstate it. It makes or breaks any deal. Um, you know, if you need a trip sitter, have a trip sitter. If you need if you only feel comfortable in your house, only do it in your house. Mm-hmm. You only feel, I like doing it hiking. I used to do it with friends when I'm more of it's like a personal uh, tripper, you know? So I, I go out, I'm in Colorado, I'm in Denver. So I'm, you know, I'm about an hour away from any beautiful spot there yes, is. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll go out there, you know, mushrooms are my choice right now. You know, I love me some LSD. I love me, you know, all these. So yeah, tripping, trip or set and setting, can't overstate it. And just preparation, you know, go with an intent, journal before. I tried your own daring, but my eyes and just you can't. That's yeah, tough. Yeah. yeah. And this it just doesn't really make sense fully. Like I wish I had myself I could read some stuff out. And just Words like, are times, coming off the page. Yeah, at the time it's like mind blowing, but then it's like very basic stuff. But that's the thing. You don't learn anything new. It's all noetic. It's all stuff that's mm. always been there. It's just you're, you know, and it's like, all right, something that's like during the time would be like love more. And I'm like, wow yes that's it love more that's the answer <laughs> that's the answer that is the, i've solved it and i'm done the next day i'll read it, it says love more but like, yeah that makes sense like yeah well, of course yeah. you should love more you know but like during the time it's like oh my god like your that mind is the blown. answer yeah. like faith is love like all like what they say in, in any book of you know sermon what they really mean by those gaps is like faith is love god is love like that's what everything means and it's just yeah, it's uh, it's it's noetic. It's just, it's always always been there, but and that's why we're all geniuses. Like we all have the same amazing information that's been engraved in us since the beginning of time. You know, I believe we're all one single planet consciousness. It's just unlocking that. And when I say geniuses, I don't mean genius. Genius to me is it is being able to build a rocket. You know, be, you know, I must be a genius. But like, there's geniuses who just know how to make others happy. That's a genius. There's genius people who don't have a good conversation. That's a genius. The genius people who read like no other. There's genius people who can cook amazing. There's genius people who are hilarious. There's genius people who can handle depression great. But that's genius. Uh, being able to have something tragic happen and go out throughout your day and still get something done and still love others. That's genius. You know, and that's that's all in us, and that all can be unlocked if you just again cultivate it, invest in it, figure it out, see it, and figure out ways to keep it there. Absolutely, Devin. What were some of your um kind of like your biggest realizations? I know there's probably a huge list, but from like from tripping, uh, what are some of the, like biggest takeaways that you've just had? Like for me, it was I remember the first time I ever took them 
besides the fact that I realized there's this whole plane of consciousness to explore that I've never even touched, was I was just like, I remember thinking, like, I'm the sh- I'm a shitty listener. <sighs> and that was about 26 when I first took any kind of psychedelics. And I remember I took them and I was like, I'm a shitty listener. And I've been working on that ever since. I mean, there's just so many things that, yeah. that pop up for me. And I'm just curious what some of those are for you that you remember like, holy crap, I just saw this and started working on it. Yeah, no, no, Sean, you are a shitty listener. I am. Um, no, oh, believe no, me, no, I re-listen to these no, podcasts, man. man. You're great. You don't even know how much better <laughs> this podcast has made me a listener. Because... No, man, I think I think you're making <laughs> a great job. Uh, well, that's funny. One of them was my listening skills, um, but also too, I, I a few things. One is I was terrible at following up. So I'd be a really engaging listener and loving person when you're with me. Mm-hmm. But a week later, four days later, whatever, I wouldn't sit in like, hey, how, how are things been? Oh, type God, I suck person, at that too. Which, yeah, and I, I'm still working on it every day now. Now, I, so that's one thing I realized is like, again, building up a relationship, not just giving the aha moment and then be like, all right, peace. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, getting them to that point where they realize something is like, all right, go deal with it. So following up. And then two, another aha moment was again the, the fact that we are all the same in the sense of like, and when I say the same, I really mean like, I don't believe that we are brothers and sisters in Christ or brothers and sisters in any God. I truly believe that like, we are one single plane of consciousness. The only thing that separates us is our perception. Mm. Like, I truly am a extension of others. And that's why I can't truly hate others. Because, and that's why I can't truly also love others until I love myself. Yeah, and I this isn't- um... in, in everybody. Yeah. And this isn't like some made, I feel like, at least from what I've read and correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know better in cognitive neuroscience and everything else. I mean, these are some of the conclusions vaguely that they're coming to. Like, this is really weird and really shady. They're coming to it because it's coming to it because more in a sense, there's a lot of things they can't understand. Mm hmm. Uh, there's just things in our brain that we just do not know, like how this works. I guess just like, especially like one thing, one thing that blows my mind is music. We have no idea. Most things that we have are evolutionary. Like we, there's a clear purpose, but music is so multi-dimensional. It, it cuts deep in so many ways and it affects us in so many ways. But we have no idea why or how it even it's came crazy. about. There's no evolutional purpose for it. And this it, is it's crazy. But yeah, so it's around that point. And it's like, again, if I love myself, I love others because I see myself in others. And also that's why we get a lot of things that we're annoyed at. I forget who says this. I think like Jordan Peterson says this, um, that the things that annoy us of others are usually the things that we do that we don't want to I have confront. never I've never found otherwise. It might yeah, be so it might like, be months later after I projected the shit of my out of, out of somebody onto somebody, yeah. but it I've never have not found it in myself at some point. Exactly. Yep. It's like when people are a little bit late, you are usually the type of person who's also a little bit late. Like mm-hmm. you project it on them, you know, as and it's usually in, but because again, we project ourselves on others because we are others. You know, it's like, that's, that's just how it is. It's like, and especially too, when you love someone for doing something, it's usually because like, you want to also do that. It's like, man, I really love how that person like, embraces yeah. people. And it's like, is that because you want to unlock that love in yourself? Because you want to see yourself doing that. Because you can see yourself doing that. You just haven't been able to unlock yourself to do that yet. So that's, that's, that's one of the major things I found while on, I think it was my, one of my big LSE trips out here that was like, I really had to work on me because the more I work on me, the more I can project love on others. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I used to think that was almost selfish of like, well, if you only work on you, there's so many problems going on in the world. And, and, and again, this is where, and then people have their, their statements on Jordan Peterson. I don't think you have to 
look up to anyone as a hero. You can take what good that they say in and you can take what bad they say out, right? And that's this is all I believe about it. I will read anybody. Like Absolutely. I read Thomas Sowell and I read Cornell West and they're total opposites of each other. Like it's just everyone has some genius <laughs> yeah. in them, right? Yeah. So like I I, I but his whole concept is making your bed in the morning because people grills like, well, how do you why do you only talk about making your bed in one where there's world hunger and there's all these other things going on it's like because if you can't structure structure yourself in a manner that's productive how are you going to be productive for the world how are you going to solve world hunger when your own room's a mess mm-hmm. you know how are you going to solve you know any type of d- disease problem where your heart's a mess I can help the hearts of others when your heart's a mess. And not saying that like you don't deserve love or anything, but what I'm saying is like it all does start internally and it's not being selfish because the more internal you can go, the more outward you can be. You know, the most loving people I know, not say loving, the most productive loving people I know who are like truly running organizations that are helping a ton of people, their personal life still has their faults, still are suffering, going through things as always, but it is as aligned as they are, you know, whether it's meditation and whether it's their kids and how their house is set up and how everything, everything's like a line. I'm not saying you don't have to like be crazy clean, but it's just <laughs> like you can, you can tell they have yeah. themselves in order, how they deal with sufferings in order, how they deal with problems in order. They're very communicative, like they talk about their problems. They're very expressive, you know, they're very open. And that's how they're able to project that into their organizations, mm. to project that to the people they work with. You can't, I've tried, believe me, I've tried to run organizations and be that guy who talks all this like big stuff, like go out <laughs> and care for people. And internally I wasn't there. You know, my relationships weren't, weren't there and you can't. And then for some reason, your people aren't doing it. You're like, why? Like, why are y'all not? Yeah, why are y'all not doing it? Cause it's like, you're not, people can feel energy. You're not really living that life. You know, like, you might talk it, but people see through talk. People see through it all. So the more I was like, okay, let me like actually make sure my relationships are in order and actually have hard conversations and actually care for people and actually say I love people. Once I started doing that, and doors open. I have opportunities all over the place with things I would never imagine. And simply because like I make it a point to just be a, a, a good person. You know, it's like, I'll get calls like, hey man, like I'm not really sure if you're giving in this industry, but when we talk a little conversation that we have, we think about this and this. I'm like, oh, thanks. No, this is amazing. This is all, also our two day. You know, it wasn't anything that I brought in for. I tell them still my business background, but it's mostly because like my main goal is to have a good conversation with good people. And we, we both in that, we both leave that conversation uh, change. I mean, it's uh, again, and Carl Young says any conversation where both people change is a chemical reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just want to have a reaction, a good positive chemical reaction. We go off the conversation, we both feel energized. We both feel like something's new. And then we go out and make our life 1% better because of, the 10 minute combo that we had. That's fine with me. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Just things link up and things click. And when you're open to even just listening to other people's differences of opinions or ideas, man, so much can change in your life. It's crazy. Oh, I think we, will change. Yeah. I mean, we just, we put these walls up, right. And it's like, we don't, we don't learn nothing. And when you, that's, I feel like when you get stagnant, when you stop learning it, just a whole, it's a whole mess. So much to change, man. So much to change. And I, think i think you're on the same page psychedelics could be a huge part in a lot of people's lives as far as uh, i think it will be getting that change it's it's happening right which is somewhat encouraging yeah you know i i think as well but before we wrap up man i want to well a we got to do we got to plan another one of these over and maybe in three or four months because i have a list of 100%. things nietzsche god is love alan watts need religion i mean the list goes on of things i had down in case we had time to take it somewhere else i mean i even wanted to get into the whole i remember heard i heard you say it on other podcasts like mushrooms taught me you know that 
you you are not you. You're not who you think you are. Pretty uh, much, you're not your yeah, ego, right? Yeah, and that's thoughts. a whole yeah, yeah. That's, a whole yeah, conversation. It's a whole book. Because I'm that I'm that <laughs> asshole when you're like, you know, who are you? I'm like, do you mean like in an existential sense? Do you mean like what do you mean <laughs> yeah. in an egoic sense? What are you talking about? Like I'm that douchebag yeah. who does that. So I yeah, do because yeah. I mean that was a crazy thing for me, bro. Was there was I don't know if you know who Robert Anton Wilson is. I think so. Oh, you got a lucky dude. He recovered from polio like three times. It's just ridiculous. He's a he's a maniac. But he has a book called Quantum Psychology, and one of the chapters of the book is how many heads do I have? And he basically talked okay. about um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he basically about talked about that every time. Yeah, yeah, every time you try to observe and perceive who you are, you have to create this other false self. Yeah, and it just keeps going and going, and it's just man, what a trippy concept that is. It's like. Yeah. Who am? And I thought about that with my brother and sister who died when I was 15. Like, who am I going to see afterwards? Like, is it going to be them yeah. when they were the age when they died? Are they still growing up in heaven? Are they, you know, are they going to be them? Like, who am I? I? I have these memories. I have all these brain things. Like, man, that's a heavy question. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about it. Yeah, we'll have to get deep into that. That's uh, that's something that, I mean, I probably changed my mind every eight months about a little bit. You know, you just like, mm-hmm. uh, you want to go yeah so we'll, we'll have to hop on me I'll, I'll be on here as many times as you invite me up bro i love talking to you so i know i think eventually it's gonna here. be the sean and devin podcast hey hey <laughs> hey don't tip me don't tip me i'll be on here in a heartbeat we'll get going so yeah dude i am uh i'll actually i'll email you this week and maybe we'll just plan it like three months down the road or something yeah i think yeah. that would be fucking rad because i would like I said, you're like, you're my twin, man. It's hysterical. It's so weird. The church, <laughs> yeah, the mom, like it. my mom's never done any it. drugs. Accidentally ate three pot cookies once. But, you know, it's like <laughs> she's, uh, but she's someone too I've had to have conversations with and like, and she's come around even with cannabis when that whole thing first started getting legalized yeah. all over. And it's like, no, it helps people too. Like, it's yeah. not just a negative thing. Yeah. So what a huge yeah, dude. You're awesome, awesome man. And uh, yeah, how do people awesome, find bro. you if they want to reach out to you, get in touch with you? Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is dfield21. Um, that's usually where I respond to people where I, I have Instagram? all types of conversations. Yeah, I'll have all types of conversations on there. My uh, project that I have dropping right now is called the All One Book Project. Well, I say right now that I'm building up for, and it's essentially we're we're combining cultural and. It's a, I, I see it as a TED Talk mix with a music festival. Uh, we'll have hard conversations, Sweet. we'll have meditations, and then we'll celebrate at the end of a big party <laughs> slash concert. So I'm hopefully going to drop that by the the summer. Uh, I had that uh, that children's uh, mindful company coming out in, in, in July or mid-July. It's called Mindful Beginning. Uh, so that will drop then. And then I have a blog called tojustbe.blog. That's where I go up there and ramble about the world and life. I haven't been as active there just because I've had a ton of writing with this main master in school, but that's where you can usually find some of my writing. Awesome. Some things I talk about here, psychedelics, what it is to be human, ego, uh, a little bit all. Hopefully I'll drop on a YouTube page in uh, August. Are you thinking about doing uh, YouTube? Yeah, I think about doing YouTube Sweet. just because, I mean, I just think you should have as many outlets as possible. I don't, I don't, don't do it in the, the hunt of being some influencer. I just think, uh, I'm thinking long term when it comes to family, kids, like I would love to have this uh, a library of thoughts, even myself, like what I used to think when I was 26, mm-hmm. compared to when I'm 42. And yeah, this is really helped me get my thoughts. Also too, I just, I, I think nonstop and I just like talking out loud. I just need something. I need as many, th- as many ways I can push these thoughts out as possible. So that means you too. That means you too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the philosopher mind, as I like to call it, 
you could sit on sit alone in a chair on top of a mountain for a very very long time without getting yeah. bored yep exactly the, the things the debates the conversations i have in my head it is it is out there <laughs> i'm not yeah my, my my mind thinks i'm the ultimate debater but it's a little child sometimes sweet all right brother hey man i love you dude we'll keep that love going Gosh, i mean i love you bro i hope i had yeah i hope i love being on love talking to you dude i'm energized every time i talk to you and i think uh we just have some badass conversations man we can go we're, for we're gonna keep it going on this we're gonna keep yeah, it for going sure. for sure i think i feel like i say that too much on this podcast and don't really follow that up speaking of that but um you you will be one that i will make sure i follow up on because nice. this is well, i love these that. conversations when i'm i am i get excited i get giddy it's like oh, man. Yeah, same, sometimes when i'm same. having it this voice in my head goes oh my god this is an awesome conversation <laughs> shut up and yeah, listen same, man. <laughs> oh man yeah, we are the same bro we are the same yeah awesome. dude i love anytime man anytime cool. all right brother i will uh i'm gonna stay in touch with you so i'll talk to you soon all let right, you know this is coming out all that other jazz sounds good man well, you right, have man. a good week you do the same my friend all right peace you, bro.